Well, welcome everyone to Grace Family Church. I hope you guys are having an amazing time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's keep going. Come on, come on. Let's give it up for Orlando Lakes Campus, our Clearwater Campus, Temple Terrace, Ebor, Lutz Campus, right? South Tampa, and all those watching online. So excited that you guys are here. One church, many locations, Grace Family Church. I love it here, guys. And we're in our third week of our series, 2020 You. And the first week, Pastor Craig shared with us uh, that we ought to not be uh, barriers but bridges for people to meet Christ. So he talked about reaching the lost. Last week, week two, Pastor Mike Ash, our campus pastor down at South Tampa, he shared with us how important it is to live in community. How important it is to have someone in your life that knows everything, knows everything that's going on. I I live in a community. I got accountability. I'm in agreement with them. And it's something that he shared last week that just kind of stood out to me this week while I was studying. He shared the vision for Grace Family Church. And I remember learning this when I came to Grace 20 years ago, leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. That's the reason the music is the way it is, the reason why we invest in children. Everything we do is about leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And what stood out to me is the growing relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, how do you grow in your relationship with Jesus? I mean, sure, there's fasting, there's prayer, there's Bible reading, there's community, there's groups, there's Bible studies, there's podcasts. But I've learned in my life there's a one major forgotten about discipline that helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's called study. It's the discipline of study. Now, I know you're not getting all excited like, man, I can't wait to hear this message because it reminds you of college study hall or high school study hall where we were all in trouble and we were on punishment and had to go and study and somebody had to put us on punishment to make us pass the test. And I can tell you, I remember the first time I passed the test because I studied, I was like, man, I could do this. Like, studying actually works. I don't know about you, but I guess I'm the only person. I was like, man, I can start to study and do well in school? This is awesome. Too bad it was like 12th grade. But anyway, you know, what is study? Study is when we devote our time and attention to knowing a person, place, or thing. It's when we devote our time and attention to knowing a person, place, or thing. Many of you guys are professionals. You might be an engineer. You might be a doctor. And you've devoted your time and attention to achieving your certificate or your degree. And now it's starting to come back and bring value to your life. It's the same thing with our wives or our our spouses. Let's say that. It's when we devote time and attention to our spouses, man, there's value in that relationship. With our children, when we, when we do our time and attention with our children, all of a sudden, it's like, man, they see a value. Like, man, I love hanging out with dad because time is a valuable asset. In fact, it's one of the most valuable assets that we have. And when we show people that they're worth our time, it brings value to them. In fact, uh, I had a friend of mine, one of the teachers here at Grace Family Church, he told me, he said, Ralph, the rabbis of old, they said that the highest form of worship 
is study. You want to show God that you love him? You want to show God that you care for him? You want to show God that you value him? Then study. It's the highest form of worship. And this weekend, we're going to talk about what is study, why we study, and how we study. And the purpose of study is this. It's to discover God's plan. First of all, it's to discover God, his plan for my life. We're going to say that all together. Here we go. The purpose of study is, and you want to repeat after me, so don't worry about it. It's to discover God, his plan for my life. That's the purpose of study. We discover God. We find the God of the scriptures. And I didn't know, I wasn't always that way. I remember growing up in church. And I, I was a church kid, man. It, my wife, my mom couldn't take me. I, I would ride the city bus to church. My mom was a church-going woman. Never missed a Sunday. Never missed a Sunday. In fact, when she passed away in 2015, I, I, I found this Bible in her house. And, and I didn't realize it. I mean, all my life, this Bible had been in the house, and this one is addressed to me. And the date is January 2nd, 1972. My mom was passing on something that she believed that was important to me. And I grew up in church. I did the Easter speeches. Anybody remember the Easter speech? Come on now. You stand up. You do your Easter speech. Happy Easter Day. You know, you do your salute. Come off stage. They give you a couple of dollars. Man, it was a good time. You got an Easter suit on every year. You got an Easter suit. I was in the J.E. Bailey Youth Choir. I was be swaying back and forth. Now, I can't sing on stage, but it was a good time, man. I love church. When I turned 18, I went in the military, and I remember our pastor standing in our living room praying with us. And it didn't take long after I left home that I realized something. I realized that I had a relationship with a church, but no relationship with God. The world showed me that the strength that I had was in religion and not a relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, I knew all the songs. I knew all the cliches, this too shall pass. God works in mysterious ways. I, I can say all that, but I didn't have any scripture. I didn't have anything that I was rooted and grounded in, that I was holding on to when my marriage was on the rocks, that I was holding on to when I had a smoking problem and a drinking problem, and then when I wanted to chase after women, I had nothing that was directing my life but a bunch of cliches. And I remember, it was 25 years ago last month, that finally I submitted my life to Jesus Christ. And I lifted my hands, I said, God, would you come in? And would you change me? And I had done that before. I had, man, I went to the altar all the time. But you know what changed this time? When I got up, somebody handed me a Bible. And they said, study this. Dwell on this. Don't just read it. Because here's the thing about reading. Reading, reading is a way to transfer information. You can read something. You read directions. Like, all right, yeah, that's how you get there. But study brings revelation and transformation. See, when you study something and you bring your mind to it and you bring your time to it and you start to marinate on it, you start to meditate on it, it does something to you on the inside. Study changed my life. And that's why I'm so passionate about us grabbing hold to God's word and diving in and going back and forth and studying it for ourselves. Know what we believe and why. 
Because see, when you go out to college, the professor's going to challenge you about what you believe and why. And that's why we got to be rooted and grounded in God's word. Now we're going to talk a little bit about why we studied the Bible. What, why would we even study the Bible? Here's a verse for you. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, all scripture is inspired by God. Everybody say all. Y'all know what all is? That's all. That's Genesis to Revelations. That's the Psalms, that's the Proverbs, that's the Gospels, that's the letters that Paul wrote. All of it is inspired by God. It's God breathed. God said, and men wrote as God breathed on them. And it's useful. So scripture is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong with our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So why do we study? Well, one, it's inspired by God. Man, it has God's heart. It has God's intentions. It has what God thinks about life. It has his character. I, I never forget, sometimes people walk up to you, man, God told me, and I'm like, where did you find that in the Bible? Like, God told you to do what? Because we always got to align these voices with what God says. Be very careful where you get advice from. Because if it doesn't align with God, you can find yourself on the wrong path. You know, the first reason why we study is because it's inspired by God. And I like to say it this way, God spoke and they wrote. God spoke and they wrote. In other words, they were supernaturally influenced by the Holy Spirit. And God had them write the Bible. The second reason why we study is that it gives us directions for life. It, it kind of directs our lives. It says this, it teaches us what is true and what is right. It teaches us the truth. Everybody want the truth, right? Come on now. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. We want to know what's right so we can do, here's a churchy word, righteousness. We can do the next right thing. We're like, hey man, I want to do what's right. Anybody, you want to do what's right, right? But see, when you study, watch this. Here's where the problem comes in. It doesn't come with teaching you what is right at all. Here's where the problem comes in. Watch, watch this verse, the tension. The problem comes in when it reveals and corrects us and tells us what's wrong with our life. Man, we don't want nobody. Bro, you gonna tell me what to do with my life? I mean, it's different if it was a man, but let me ask you this. What if God revealed to you what's wrong with your life? What if you opened up the scriptures and realized that God says, love your neighbor? What if you opened up the scripture and it says that all life is valuable? What, is, what, if, what if you open up the scripture and it says, hey man, you can't just sleep with anybody you want to sleep with? What if, what if you open up the scripture and you're studying it and, it and it says to you that you ought to honor your mother and father? What if you open up the scripture and it revealed to you in your study that all men are created in the image and the likeness of God and it doesn't matter what color they're in, they're created in his image and likeness and God loves all of them. What if you opened the scripture and started to study and it directed your life? Are you humble enough to listen to what God says? Not to do with the mic. Not Craig, oh man, I can't believe he stood up. Not Mike, I can't believe. No, when God says it, 
See, that's the tension. Are we humble enough? And I'm here to tell you that it's not easy. I've sat there with unforgiveness in my heart and said, God, I don't want to forgive. It's unfair what they did. I don't want to forgive. I don't want to forgive my dad. He shouldn't have did that. But God says, you got to forgive. And there's the tension. And God starts to work in us. See, everybody wants this purpose. Everybody wants to, ah, I want God's purpose for my life. I want to do what God, no, God wants to do something in you before he does something through you. He wants to start to work in you as he's doing things through you. And you can only find, you can't find that reading the Bible. And everybody repeat after me, say, Ralph is not saying, don't read the Bible, please, because you'll get me in trouble. But I'm saying when you study, when you bring your attention and your mind to the task, something happens. It says it this way in Romans 12 too, one of my favorite verses, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't copy them. Don't, don't do what they're doing in the world. Don't, don't look at TikTok. Don't look at Facebook and copy that. Don't, don't, don't carbon copy your life after that. But let God transform you. Everybody say, God, transform me. God wants to transform us. Watch this. How does he do it? Into a new person by changing the way that we think. Man, if we think better, we'll do better. If we renew our minds, our actions will follow. See, what we believe dictates our behavior. We will behave better if we believe what God is saying, and he challenges us and transforms us by changing the way that we think, then we will learn. Then, after he transforms us and changes the way that we think in the place of study, in the discipline of study, then, then we will learn. We will learn to know God's will for our lives, which is his good and pleasing and perfect will. But he wants to transform us first. He wants to change us in the place of study. So that's two reasons. The first reason why we study the Bible is it's inspired by God. The second reason, it gives us direction for our life. The third reason, it prepares us to be mission ready. It makes us mission ready. It says that he uses scripture to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I'm here to tell you, I can't do anything good without God. My mind is messed up. Like without God, I'm jacked up. I'm for real, like, and if you think you're good without God, we got an issue. Like, I mean, we need to, we might need to study a little bit. Maybe we can, because I'm telling you, man, without God, there's no good thing in me. No good thing in me. We're fitted for use, mission ready, fitted for use, and equipped for service. This reminds me of the military. I got some of my military friends up in here, and I was in the Navy, right? And so I, 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 went, I showed up for boot camp, and the first thing they did in boot camp is they give you this, this book called the Blue Jackets Manual. This is in Navy. Come on now. This is for, you know, they, they give you this Bible, and it says, hey, this is how, you, I mean, literally, it tells you how to do everything. This is how you put your uniform on. This is how you fold your socks. This is how you tie a knot. I mean, everything you need to know is in the Blue Jackets Manual. It's the Bible for a sailor. And, and for eight weeks, I studied that Bible, the Blue Jackets Manual. And I learned how to be a sailor in the United States Navy. And I was fitted, equipped, and ready for any mission after I graduated from boot camp. And it reminded me of study that for eight weeks, 
I would, the world was out there and it was only all of us in here. And we had our minds and our time focused on one thing. And it prepared us for the mission that was in front of us. You see, the Navy had a plan with directions for my life to be on mission for our nation. The Navy had a plan. They had directions for my life for me to be on mission for our nation. But see, through study, we can learn that God has a plan with directions for our life to be on mission for him. See, through study, we can learn this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the God that sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins. This is the God who wants to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. This is the God that will send me out on a mission once he cleans my life up and show me how to do his good, pleasing, and perfect will. But he can't do that if I don't study. He can't do that if I don't focus on what he's called me to do. He can't do that. Watch this. Anybody eat only one time a, a week? Anybody? Thank you, Lord. We won. I was like, man, we, I, we got food, banks. I mean, we're good. But some of us just eat on the weekend, spiritually. Man, if Craig don't bring it, we hungry the rest of the week. Our life a mess. But how many of you know you can study on your own? that you can develop this, this, this habit on your own every day, pouring over the scriptures and feeding yourself. In fact, Jesus said this way, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I gotta have his word every day in my life. I can't live without it. I, I was, I'm starving without it. I can tell you right now, if I don't study, if I don't study, it's messed up. My day is jacked up. My wife will tell you. It is, I mean, like, I got a bad attitude. It's, it's, it's bad. I need him. I need God in my life. And I thought about this. I'm like, man, I, don't, I know Paul. You know, Paul is an apostle to the Gentiles, and you, God, you changed his life, and he, we, we're here because of Paul. Like, he's an apostle to the Gentiles. But I thought about normal people. Normal people like Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King studied the Bible, got a vision, we call it I Have a Dream, got a vision from God from the book of Amos and the book of Nahum and the book of Micah that God was not for injustice, that God was for unity and that everyone was created in the image of likeness of God and God sent him out on a mission from Atlanta, Georgia. You know, I think about other people. Yeah, you can clap, come on now. I think about other people like Billy Graham. Billy Graham went to school here, I think, and somebody told me last summer, he, he dropped, out of, dropped out of Bible school. Billy Graham studied the God's word, got a vision for, from God and a burden for the lost, and he goes down in history as the, I mean, I think he's one of the greatest evangelists to ever live. Millions of people have come to Jesus Christ, hundreds of thousands of people have come to Jesus Christ because of Billy Graham, because he studied. I think about a man like Craig Altman, got a burden from God, changed his life, studied the word, got a burden for the youth in Tampa, Florida, and now has a burden to reach the lost in Tampa Bay. And here we are with the vision of leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ because God got a hold of a man and gave him a vision. 
Now you might look at all those, yeah, you could, I hope you clap for that one. Come on. But watch this. Look at me. What about you? God has a plan for your life. But if you don't study, <laughs> if you don't dive in and allow him to start to work in you and change you from the inside out, he can't do and give you the plan, 2020, God's plan for my life, for your life. It happens in the place of study and pouring over the scriptures and figuring out, God, what's the burden that you have? What do you want me to leave in this generation, God, that I can't take to heaven? I don't want to bring it. You have a burden. You wake up in the middle of the night with it on your heart like, God, I can't even sleep. I got this burden. I can't do without it. I got a burden. You can only get that from the scriptures, man. It ain't no warm, emotional feeling. It's spoken in this conviction in our hearts. You know, as we study, there's a prerequisite. It's called the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to go through this right quick. The Holy Spirit is our friend. He's our comforter. He's our peace. He's our joy. But John 14 says that the Holy Spirit is a teacher. It says, Jesus says it this way. Let's read this together on the screens. It says, well, we don't read it together. I'll read it and you guys just follow along. But when, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Jesus says, look, I'm going away to be your advocate in heaven, but we're, we, leave, we have an advocate on earth. It's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a teacher, and as we study, and I thought about this, the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity, three, three eternally distinct persons, one God. And so when we sit down with the Holy Spirit in the place of study, it's like sitting down with the author. It's like sitting down with the person that wrote the book. He's like, yeah, I can tell you all about that, because it's the person of God, and it reminds us of everything that God has said to us. You know, the Holy Spirit, when we need, when we learn about forgiveness and study, it will remind us at the right time who we need to forgive. When we learn about lust and study, it will remind us at the right time to bounce our eyes. When we learn about the issues that are going on in our life through study, the Holy Spirit will bring to our remembrance what we need to do in order to address it, address it in our lives. Now, I thought about this. The Holy Spirit will remind you. And I'm not super scholarly dude, but how many of you know you can't be reminded of something that's not been placed in your mind? You can't be reminded of something that's not. In other words, if you haven't experienced something, you don't have a reference point for doing anything about it in the present. Like if I went to the Grand Canyon, you never get that. We don't, we, it's like I can explain it to you, but you never experienced it. And see, when we bring our mind to the task of study, God deposits something. He renews our mind. And then when we're walking through life, he reminds us, hey, Ralph, don't do that. Don't think that thought. Remember, remember that verse? Don't think that thought. Take that thought captain and bring it in obedience to Christ. He reminds us of that. Now, for the rest of our time together, we're going to talk about how we study. All right, here we go. How in the world do we study? Grab your outlines. Grab your pens, guys. Let's lean in. How do we study? How do we study? 
But there are many different tools for study. There's Bible dictionaries. Obviously, you need a Bible, right? You need a Bible. I would say a pen. I would say a notebook. You need a lot of different things for study. You need a commentary. There's some good commentaries out there. I like, personally, Tony Evans. Some people like Matthew Henry, which I like Matthew Henry as well. Warren Risby. There's a lot of different ones. Now, you're probably thinking, Ralph, I don't have the money to buy all those books. Well, if you look at the bottom of your outline, there's a website called blueletterbible.org. And you have so many, re- you, you will study the Bible until the day you see Jesus face to face and went and cover all of the stuff that they have on there for free. There's different methods of study. There's chapter studies. There's all kinds of study methods. But we're going to talk about one study method this weekend, the SOAP method. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Say it with me one time. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Now, not a trick question. What, do we, what does soap do? Cleanse us, right? The soap method every day will cleanse you spiritually. That's how you're going to remember it, all right? So the very first uh, letter in soap stands for scripture. So we read the verse out loud. So if I'm sitting in my house, I'm studying, I wake up in the morning, I got my coffee here, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm focused in on this. And so I read the verse out loud, and I'm going to read the verse out loud. You're going to fill in the blanks. We're going to cover Psalm 1, 1 through 3, just as an exercise. Here we go. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of markers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And on it, he meditates day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water who yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Now, if we're sitting down and we're studying together, so this big study session, you would write that out. You would read it and then write it out. Now, we don't have time for that, so we wrote it down. Now, I want you to, to deal with the scripture. So if Ralph was there, I would move to observation. What verses and words or ideas jump out to you? And so what I would do is I would look at the verse, and you can see on the screen, I would sit there and I would say, well, blessed is the one. I would start writing on a sheet of paper. This is a person. Blessed is a person. Blessed means that someone is happy, who does not, this is a blessed person doesn't do this, walk in step. Now that reminds me of when I was in boot camp, we would have a cadence, a person would call cadence, left, right, left. So they would tell me how to stay in step with everyone. And we were all going in the same direction. Don't take advice from the wicked. Don't walk in step with the world if you know they're wicked. Or stand in the way that sinners take. Now, we're all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. God, what does that mean? Well, this is people who habitually sin. They're in the way. That's the way that they're taking. That's their lifestyle. Or sit in the company of mockers. Man, who do I hang out with? Um, but whose delight, so the blessed person has a delight. Man, I, when I think of delight, I think about ice cream. So ice cream, delight is good. 
It means I, like, I look at it like it's good, all right? And the law of the Lord. So they delight in what God says, his law. They want to be obedient. That's what I would say, obedient. Who meditates. All right, Holy Spirit, what does this mean, meditate? It means to focus. Can I focus on it? How, when? Day and night, man. That's like driving to work. That's when I get home, just meditating on it and learning and just, you know, bringing it up and talking to my friends. There you go. Talk to my friends about it. You know, think about it. Apply my mind to it. All right, that person is like a tree that's planted by streams and streams are needed for trees, water. So water, right? So it's nourishment. That's nourishment. There you go. All right? Of water. That reminds me of when Jesus said to the woman at the well, I'm going to give you eternal life. There's going to be some water that's welling up. Woman at the well. And maybe I turn to that and I'm like, man, I got to study that. Where is that? In John 4, I think. John? Okay, I don't know where it is. I'll just come back to that. Fruit in season whose leaf does not wither and they prosper. Man, fruit? That reminds me of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Like, like, okay. So I just start wrestling with it. I start writing and I'm, I'm writing. I'm like, all right, Holy Spirit, talk to me. Like, what? Okay, so I've just observed. I looked at it from all angles. The next thing I do is now I look at the application phase. So now application says this. Application, all right, why am I lost in my notes? <laughs> all right, application, say, oh, ask God what he wants. I'm sorry, guys. Ask God what he wants you to apply the verse in your life. So application is now, how does this apply to me? Like, streams of water, like, like am I planted in God? Lord, is there areas of my life where I'm hanging out with the wrong people, where I'm walking in step? with the advice of wicked people. Man, do I need, am I standing? Oh, the progression. So you're walking, standing, sitting. That means sin has a progression. You just, I mean, it just keeps paying. It's over and over. And so one time you're walking with them, next time you know you're standing in the way, and then next thing you know you're sitting around and everybody's like mocking God. Like, how did I end up here? But no, the blessed man. God, I want to be blessed. How does this apply to my life? Well, Ralph, you need to stay planted, okay? You need the Holy Spirit running through you and bringing forth the fruit in the tree of your life. It's a word picture. And what's on your leaves, Ralph? Is love on your leaf? Is patience on your leaf? Like when people look at your life, is that what they see? No, God. Oh, man, I blew it. Y'all that Tracy, blew it. Kids got on my nerves. I just frustrated, Lord. I need your help. And then you move to the next phase, prayer. And it says this in Hebrews 4.16, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace where we can find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. I know it because I've been there a lot. I need his grace and a mercy and I start to pray 
about the things that I just was applying to my life. I started to look at it and I said, okay, God, in this place of prayer, I need for you to help me to be an example and to stay rooted and grounded in you. God, I need you to help me to cut off some of the friends that I've been walking, standing, and sitting with. I need new friends, God. You know what, God? Help me. You know what, God? Help me to talk to my mom about taking me to United. That's what I need. Help me, Lord. You know what? I need to ask my boss for the day off so I can go to the exchange. You know what, Lord? I, I tell you what, it would really help me if I just joined a group. God, would you open that door and help me? Man, we just studied. Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And I guarantee you the things that I said were different from the things that came to you. Because the Holy Spirit speaks to all of us about our personal situation. It's the soap method. You can exercise that muscle every single day. We got groups on every campus launching this, this uh, coming up here soon, man. See somebody about a group, get in a group, because in every single one of those environments, they're studying at a table. Last but not least, there's many a man that has tried to disprove this word of God. They tried to get rid of it. And many a man have studied it and been around it like Ralph and heard all the sermons and missed God. And if you're here right now, we would be remiss to just pass over the fact that you might need a relationship with God. So the last verse I want to share with you is this, is in 1 Corinthians. Paul said this, I pass on to you that which is of utmost importance. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture says. He's buried, just as the scriptures say. He was seen by Peter and then the 12. And after that, more than 500 people saw him. Some are still alive today, but this is of the utmost importance. I'm passing it on to you that Jesus died for your sins. Have you accepted that? Online, all our campuses right here. Man, let's just bow our heads. Man, if you're here right now, you're saying, man, Ralph, I need to recommit my life and I need to start a relationship with God. Or I need to start a relationship with God. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Every campus online, just say, Father God, Forgive me for my sins. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. I believe that he died and he rose, meaning that I will die one day and I will have eternal life because I made this decision today. Give me your Holy Spirit to teach me as I study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, guys, let's give it up right quick. Come on now. Well, mom passed something on to me. January 2nd, 1972. And you know, if you have no other reason to study the Bible, do it for the next generation. Paul said, I'm passing on to something to you that's more important, more important than your money, more important than your 401k or your inheritance, more important than anything else, I'm gonna pass something on to you. That's my burden right now. I wanna show you a picture. That's baby G. That's my first granddaughter. 
And we're sitting there and we're studying the Bible and she were looking at the standard of truth. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And she just started to pound her hand on the Bible and I just sit back. By the way, they do that in clubhouse. She's never been there. She's slapping at the Bible. And I'm like, at the devotion, I was like, clip. Now here's the interesting thing. And you might call it a coincidence. You see the date? 50 years to the day that my mom gave me that Bible, I had the first devotional with my granddaughter. Do it for them. Campus pastors, I'm going to turn it over to you for some next steps.